0: Live from Texas. Welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. I apologize like in advance. Like, it's giving my birthday. If you guys don't remember my birthday episode, like, I had to record on my laptop with no fucking microphone. So the volume fucking sucks. And it is what it is. And that's what I'm giving you. And that's the best I can do because I really wanted to record this episode. And I was like, it's important to me that we record an episode this week, but we're not going to be able to. I think I just fixed the volume. I'm playing around. Wait hang on hang on round of applause for the women in stem like i just fixed the audio this must sound so much better so refreshing for it to not sound like absolute utter fucking trash anyway welcome back to another episode i'm literally lying in bed right now like it's freezing in texas who would have fucking thunk i always told myself like if i was ever gonna move somewhere like where the weather was like hot all the time like i don't think i could ever do that like for example, like in Arizona or like in Los Angeles, like I just did not know if I could ever do that, like and I kind of looped Texas into the mix of that too, cause I was like, it's always hot and I hate hot weather. Tell me why it's forty degrees. Tell me why I woke up in Austin, Texas, and it was thirty-two fucking degrees, like so cold, so freezing. I'm actually kind of feeling like fun and flirty today, cause like I'm dropping this as a surprise. You guys don't know about it, but like once I'm done recording, I'm gonna just like upload it. And it's going to be gorgeous, never before seen, stunning, amazing. And the really cool thing about today is that you guys get a new um, cover art and the photo shoot. And am like, thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the good vibes, all the energy. It, I don't know. We just, it feels like we're in a new era. I'm really living for it, loving with it, rocking it, all the things. I don't have that many updates because I just spoke to you guys, but I am in Texas. I've been here. I am enjoying myself we went to Austin it was really fun for my Austin people we went to two bars Um, one of them was called the cat's pajamas then one was next door we had dinner at this Mediterranean restaurant called Ada Abba it was so freaking good we went to Soho house in Austin it was lovely I had many picantes I've just been drinking wine and reading my book and living my truth and it's been so wonderful I'm here for two more days and then I'm flying home to Jersey on Wednesday night so it's gonna be great we're going to do it. We're going to do it up and we're going to do a turkey trot and it's going to be awesome. But I'll talk more about Thanksgiving in a second because this episode today is about the holidays and specifically Thanksgiving. But before we got started, I just needed to say like some things that I've been loving lately. Still Amrata's podcast. I listened to all the other episodes. It's definitely my new jive. It's definitely my new jam. I think she's so fucking smart and she did a recent um, episode about the feminist case for um, plastic surgery but specifically breast reduction like she cited this article that was printed i think at the new yorker the new york times that was about breast reduction specifically and so it really hit home really fucked with it but i feel like even if you haven't had plastic surgery you would still really like the episode um and speak of emrata like her and pete davidson listen like that to me is not surprising right like and people are like i don't know if I said this on my podcast or I've just been saying this but I'm gonna say it again like people act so shocked that a man who's like low-key mid and like not that attractive like conventionally could pull such hot women but it only takes one extremely incredibly beautiful and sexy woman to be attracted to a man who's like sort of mid it ups them by like a million like every single time a beautiful woman dates kind of like a low-key mid just like average looking guy who might have like a wonderful personality because that's what they say about Pete and like a big schnoozle doozle diddly do um you know like it only takes one gorgeous woman to like up the ante like oh Ariana Grande dated him I guess I could date him oh Kim fucking Kardashian dated him I guess I could date him like I honestly like not to be vain I noticed this with my exes like I've dated some kind of mid-men and then they've gone on to date like the most gorgeous stunning beautiful women after me and I'm like you're welcome like you're welcome I upped your street crowd me dating you made you hotter every single time a woman dates a man they get hotter so maybe we should abolish maybe we should list a it. Do you guys know Lysistrata? It's like a Greek play about like the women wanted the men to stop fighting so they just like didn't have sex. They were just like withholding sexual intercourse until they stopped the war. And I actually think that might work. Like we need some new tactics. Like I'm kind of over it, honestly. Like just the the, the men of it all. Like let's Lysistrata it. Go look it up if you don't know what it is. Okay, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this Taylor Swift ticket debacle. Like damn guys, last week I was like hope everyone's doing okay out there. Now I'm like, oh, the Swifties literally got the Department of Justice to file a fucking lawsuit. Like Swifties, take a step back, reflect, give yourself a pat on the back. Like that's some, that's some intense shit to literally be the reason that the Department of Justice is filing a lawsuit against Ticketmaster. Like they're going to break up a monopoly. The Swifties are breaking up a monopoly. And I saw some people saying like the Swifties are like low-key, like they're doing this for all future fans, like the Beehive. Like you know, when the Beyonce tour is announced, it's going to be just as fucking crazy. But hopefully the Swifties paved the way that this doesn't happen anymore. Now, I will say I was a little curious. so I, I took a little hop, skip and a jump on over to StubHub to see what the resale market was looking like. It's not looking good. Like the worst seat at MetLife is like a grand. And then like the worst seat at the concerts in like Texas are like six hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. And like originally i had this strange hope in my mind that like everyone would get tickets if they wanted them because the resale market like they're gonna drop day up and i would still like to believe that because hope is all we can have but once i've really thought about it like critically like i'm not so sure part of me is like i'm not so sure and i like i just don't know guys like i'm stressed let me know like sound off like what your thoughts are on this but it's kind of freaking me out um so that's that's that on that um i will be getting beyonce tickets like I will be putting my life on the line for those Beyonce tickets whenever she announces that tour. Uh, basically, though, nothing's really been going on. I have been like doing a bit of shopping here or there. I like don't know who listens to this. So I don't want to be like, oh, yes, I've been doing some shopping like and this is what I bought people. Um, but I've gotten some really good gifts. I've gotten like three or so things for each of my brothers. I got just something. I got my parents something. I got uh, my boyfriend some stuff. So I'm like, I'm killing it. I'm crushing it. Um, just paid my credit card bill. It was not looking so good. It was like screaming in my face, but I'm feeling good about it. Um, and then the only other real thing that I have to update you on is how fucking difficult it is to be extremely gluten intolerant, celiac and have to be really careful with cross contamination and everything like I I stand with the allergen community because now that I'm a part of it, like let me just tell you, we go out to a Tex-Mex restaurant with his friends and like you're thinking Tex-Mex like corn tortilla. I'll be fine. Like back in the day, I would just eat corn tortillas like whatever. No, so I asked them, like, oh, like, are your chips gluten-free? They're like, they're made of corn, but they're not gluten-free because of the fryer. I'm like, oh, okay, like, do you have gluten-free chips? They do. They taste like stale matzo, worst chips I've ever had in my life. Like, actually comical. We were passing them around and like laughing about how horrible these chips were. Obviously not being rude, but like they were really bad. Then I was like, oh, what else is gluten-free on the menu? It was like this salad. And they were like, oh, well, we can't season the meat at all because all of our seasonings, like low-key all of our marinades, have flour in them. But like, we'll um we'll just clean the grill and make you plain chicken. It was like rubber vibes. It was just unfortunate, but, like, I know there's a world out there, a gluten-free world, like, ready to embrace me more with open arms. Like, his mom cooked this whole gluten-free meal yesterday. It was so good, and there's, like, tons of gluten-free, like, friendly restaurants. I just need to start, like, seeking that out and not just thinking, like, I can pull up to the restaurant. And also, it was so fucking embarrassing. Like, I was so embarrassed being like, do you have a gluten-free menu? I was like, oh, my God. Like, I literally hate this. Like, I think the reason it's embarrassing is that people do gluten-free by choice, and, like, that's like become embarrassing gluten-free by choice like not gluten intolerant not like your doctor said it would clear up your skin your doctor said it would help your digestion I'm talking about gluten-free by choice like the biddies who are like I'm gluten-free because it's healthier they've made it embarrassing for me to be like can I have a gluten-free menu or maybe I'm just fucking embarrassed because I'm terrible at confrontation like I don't know I'm definitely being back with my therapist about this one and be like and listen like the gluten-freeness of it all it's become stressful for me I'm having a crisis about it but let's talk about the holidays shall we because that's why we're here today That's what we're doing. Now, this might be a shorter episode because I don't have like tons of things to say. And also, I've been promised a trip to Sephora and Mexican food um, if I just do some work. So this is my work and I'm thrilled to be doing it. Don't don't take that the wrong way, but I don't want to dilly dally that because, you know, I'm excited. So let's just start out like let's let's just get right into it with Blackout Wednesday, right? Some people call it WMBT, the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Some people call it Blackout Wednesday. Some people don't even celebrate this holiday. It is the most drunken holiday pretty much ever and I would say the only reason I feel even any remote like shred of FOMO at all sorry my mom just texted me that Jack and Jess are going to the Billy Joel concert and might I just say like what fucking traders like I literally put in the family group chat literally four months ago wants to go to the Billy Joel concert with me nobody fucking responded betrayed betrayed returning their gifts for Christmas as we speak just kidding um anyways so some people love it some people hate it it's the most alcoholic night of the year And like I was saying, like the reason I have FOMO is not even because I wouldn't go out if I was home. Probably I don't have FOMO about going out like with myself in my hometown area. I've done that. I've been through it. I'll tell you guys some stories. It's been fucking crazy. I've done all of it. Like I've had the car sex. I've hooked up with the ex. I've hooked up with the high school crush. I've blacked out. I've gotten home at three o'clock in the morning. I've snuck out, climbed over the fence like you name it. I did it on Blackout Wednesday. I'm kind of like over that. And if you're not over that, slay. Literally, like you do that. I'm so happy for you. What I'm feeling a slight bit of FOMO about is that I will be leaving Texas like right around the time that my boyfriend will be getting ready to go out with his friends. And I don't know I think there's something kind of fun about going out with your boyfriend and like I don't know being like that. I don't know like you know like a dance floor makeout. like you don't really do that when you've been dating someone for two years but it's kind of fun to have that like flirty drunken night. Um, It's kind of a sleigh. So yeah I'll definitely be a little FOMO about that but overall I'm not feeling FOMO about not going out. So I just want to Put that out there, like put that into your brain. Like, if you don't have plans, if you didn't get invited anywhere, if you're not going out, if you're choosing to stay in, you are equally as valid as somebody that's gonna go out until four o'clock in the morning. And like, honestly, it's kind of dark. It's kind of dark to walk into your hometown bar and see everybody you went to high school with. Like, not gonna lie, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's a horror film. Like, it's a it's a bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street situation. So like, if you're choosing to protect your peace, like go off. If you didn't get invited, it might be for the better. It really might be. I'm not going. Um, because I'm getting home at like 9.45 p.m. on Wednesday. So could I technically? Probably. Do I want to? No. I also, I've been having a really big problem with two things. Number one, hard liquor. Number two, hangovers. I don't really do that much hard liquor anymore. I've been on a very, very strict wine train unless I am going out. And I hate being hungover. I know that's like not novel and I know I could go out and be sober, but I don't want to. It's not in my comfort zone. And I'm not like, listen, like I am still understanding my relationship with alcohol and part of that is realizing that I simply don't fucking like going out if I'm sober and I don't like being super drunk anymore so I maybe I just don't like going out I'm still investigating that there are people that slay the day going out sober that love it that's just not for me right now at this journey in this moment etc and I'm not ordering a glass of Pinot Noir at my shitty hometown bar so I'm not going out but if you are going out I have some tips because it's fun as fuck first of all make bad choices but make safe, bad choices like don't get arrested, but definitely do something that you could write home about. Do you know what I mean? Um, do hook up with your childhood crush like it's a moment like this that Carrie was song. Some people wait a lifetime when she won American Idol. Niche reference. If you got it, you got it. Sly. Um, yeah, like some people wait a lifetime for that moment. Like I frankly did. Was it good? No, the sex was horrible. Like it wasn't anything special. But what was special is the memory. What what was special was the satisfaction of being like, finally, finally. And like having a story to tell. Um, Don't have expectations, though, for anyone or anything. If you're in college, you're coming home like I remember that first Wednesday before Thanksgiving, like I write about this in my book, but it was this awkward thing of like we're all looking at each other, like thinking that we know so much when we still knew so little. And we've all had these experiences and made these new friends and had these heartbreaks and traumas and tragedies and happy moments, like without the people that we went through it all with in the first place. And that was a really interesting thing for me. And it's allowed to feel a little uncomfortable or weird, you know, like it's allowed to be like a, whoa, like this feels different. It's going to feel different. Change exists. I think it's good. I think it shows us how far we've come. And I think you just have to settle into that and get comfortable with the uncomfortable and uncomfortable with the comfortable and just drop in a little bit but don't have expectations don't have expectations for what it's like to see your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend don't have expectations for how your best friend's going to act or how your friend group is going to be go in with just a clear and open mind because the truth is you've probably changed people are going to change and we can't expect and I have a whole episode on friendship so we can't expect our friendships to just go on forever like we don't expect that from romantic relationships like sometimes you break up or grow apart and that's okay it's natural and it's allowed to be sad so I think there's plenty there listen to my friendship episode if you're going through that right now and I hear you I see you but I think just don't have expectations for how things are supposed to go especially with exes and especially with your friends um kind of see it for what it is too like this is a shit show like you're going into your hometown bar like it's not going to be some glamorous perfect night probably like Someone's going to throw up. There's going to be drama like it's not going to feel like it felt before. It's not going to feel like it felt like when you're at college with your other friends, like it's a different niche thing and just embrace it for what it is. Um, Like I said, if you don't want to go out, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with you like there. You're not morally superior if you like to go out. You're not morally superior if you're in a relationship. You're not morally superior if you're employed. You're not morally superior if you go to a top 25 school like everybody's on the same playing field here those are just little bits and pieces and details about our lives okay the best thing though that you can possibly do in a situation where you're going to see a high school bully an ex-person an enemy an ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend an an ex-situationship success and fucking silence look beautiful be polite hi how are you oh my god good to see you bye keep it brief success and silence trying to make someone jealous by hooking up with their friend doesn't work it backfires trying to make somebody like reach out to you swipe up on your story it doesn't work success and silence go fucking thrive and don't like you know when they say like money talks but wealth screams it's the whole thing of like people that are super super rich like sometimes you don't realize it i feel like the most successful and then you realize it because you're like oh they're so like undercover about it like it's almost chic it's chic. It's in to just shut the fuck up. Like, it, and it's so hard for me to do that. Like, trust me, like I'm if I was going through a breakup, I would be like posting, like trying to like make them jealous, do all this shit revenge. The best revenge is success in silence, showing up somewhere confident, gorgeous, stunning, thriving, polite, brief. And they're going to be like, I need to know what's going on with them. What what is their? What's keeping them going? What is their life? Like they're going to be intrigued. You can't give it all away. That is what you have to do. Also remember that like everyone is at different points in their life. There are people who are all who are 22. Let's just say you're 22. There are 22 year olds who are on the four of 30 under 30 list. There are 22 year olds who are at community college. There are 22 year olds who just started college. There are 22 year olds who aren't going to college. There are 22 year olds who are starting their own businesses. There are 22 year olds who are married, who have a kid. There are 22 year olds who are single, who have never been in a relationship. Everybody's at a different point in their life. There's no supposed to. There's no correct path. Don't make people feel uncomfortable because they don't have the path you think that they're supposed to have. You don't know their path. You don't know their story. You know yours. Stay in your fucking lane. And if somebody tries to make you feel bad about your path because it's unconventional or they don't relate to it, they can literally go touch grass like they need to get a hobby. I'm fired up about this because I literally I'm so fiercely 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 protective over you guys, that if I hear that some bitch is running her mouth, I'm literally like put down a tarp. We will fight. I am weak and we will fight. Period. Period. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Protect your peace. Your path is your path. It is equally as valid to Forbes 30 under 30, to the person at community college, to the single person, to the married person. Everybody's on their own journey. Stay in your lane. As long as you're being kind to yourself and others, doing your best and working hard, no bitch can say shit and you can't say shit. Everyone stay in their own lane. That's it. (laughs) The next thing I have on the list is how much does it really matter? How much does it really matter? And I'm talking about like the homeschool drama, the homeschool, not the homeschool, the hometown drama of it all, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving drama, the this, the that, the everything else. It happened when we were 16. How much does it really matter? You don't have the time and energy. Like you've got shit to do, baby girl. Like you're on your path to success. Don't let anybody else stifle that. And the last thing I have on the list is have the car sex. Do it. Don't get arrested. I almost got arrested once for doing that. Don't get arrested. Don't get pulled over. Don't do public nudity. Don't do anything illegal. Is car sex illegal? Is a rendezvous in a car illegal? Can we have nothing sacred? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. If you have the opportunity to have intercourse in a car, do it. Do it. Say la vie slay lovey okay life's too short life's too short and i'm grateful for that i'm grateful for the fast and the short of life i'm grateful for the car sex and i'm grateful for staying in my own fucking lane okay all right now that we got the feral shit out of the way let's talk about some wholesome stuff right thanksgiving is technically speaking like a time for family chosen family your family friends, people that you hold near and dear to your heart, right? And I think, like, and we're going to talk about this, there's definitely, there's issues with holiday family time, especially as you become an adult. And I think, like, I had this life-shattering, earth-shattering realization when I realized that my parents are just people and they're not, like, gods. And like they never presented themselves to me in that way. But like when you come of age and you have this realization where you're like, you're looking at your parent and you're like, oh, you make mistakes. Oh, you're a fucking human being. I'm a human being like we're not perfect. You're not perfect. Not everything you say is gold. I think it's really important to remember that and have that in your back pocket. But I wanted to start out with some ways that I think that you can really elevate the spirits and bring your family together. I have four. The first one, turkey trotting listen there's no turkey trot in my area i fucking made one up we bring prizes and the whole thing is it's like a it's like two and a half miles for the first 1.25 we all run in a pack like literally with grammy like slowest person is still coming when we reach the end as a pack it becomes a race on the way back it's not a long run it's very chill we have breakfast after we do an award show it's on the beach it's a really nice way to start the day and our family friends come so we get to see them because we don't celebrate actual thanksgiving with them and it's just chef's kiss I'm hungover like it's you're drunk as hell. Like, it's perfect. It's everything. But if you're not a running family, if you're not able to do that for whatever reason, an appetizer contest, I love this fucking idea. I'm giving it to you early enough because you can still hit the grocery store. You can either pair up and it can be like your sister and her fiance and like your dad and your mom and like you and your brother. Or you can like all do it on -on one-on-one basis and then you do like silent judging where everybody has to cast a vote but you can't vote for yourselves. It's really fun. We once did a shark off, a charcuterie board competition. It was so crazy. Like my, it was us and our family friends and my dad's um friend like said that me and my dad were cheating on the other team so he made us um make our charcuterie board in his freezing cold fucking garage like on top of like a toolbox and we won so that's just on that like that's on being elite that's on being the best Um, But I think it's really, really fun. And I think it's a really good way, a lovely way, in fact, just get the family together. And traditions are allowed, like traditions were created at some point. So create a new tradition for yourself. Have a fun movie marathon. Watch all the Home Alones. Make popcorn. Put M&Ms in the popcorn. So fucking fun. Play the phone game, Psych. It's so much fun. We played it a bazillion times over um, the quarantine, over the pandemic, and we just it was a really good way to bond. And I'm going to make my whole family play it on Thanksgiving as well. So I really like those ideas for bringing your family together. I thought we would start on that positive note because I definitely have some more dense topics to cover today just to give you guys some, I don't know, good vibes to go off into the holidays with, especially if they're a difficult time for you. And I want to make something abundantly clear, like you guys know a lot about my family and my family structure. One thing you don't know is my intimate relationships to my family. I am incredibly fucking privileged to have the family upbringing and background that I have, to have such a close family, to have such healthy relationships overall with my family. You guys will never know, though, like the traumas that I've endured with my family or in light of them or because of them, the arguments like Every family has their shit. You guys don't get to see that from me because I'm not putting that on blast because it's my family. It's, it's a very personal thing, right? But I want you to know that even if you're comparing yourself to me because everybody wants to be part of my family, everybody thinks that that's just everything of the sort. So even when you do that, okay? Even when you're giving that, And looking at me and being like, I wish I was a part of her family. You have to know that there are things I'm not sharing. There are hard things. There were moments that I didn't know will I go home or not. There were were those moments. I've had those, right? I've had those fights. I've had that troubling stuff happen around the holidays and not around the holidays. And I want to make that very, very, very clear to you. Am I very privileged and so lucky that I'm close with my family and I love them and we have a healthy relationship? Yes. But does every family have shit? Also, yes. And I think that there's this idea like, okay, you know, gratitude, like we have to be grateful for the things we have, like and we're healthy and we're happy and we, you know, have a roof over our heads and food so we can't complain. We can't feel bad. I think that there's almost this like air around the holidays that like if you have all of those things, you're not allowed to feel sad. And here's the thing. Wealth and success never negates your ability to feel the full range of human emotion and never negates your ability to feel depressed. Does success and wealth make it easier when you are depressed? 100 fucking percent. Does having the roof over your head and the warm food and you know the ability to go get doctor's appointments and, and have all of your family members sitting around the table, it does that negate your ability to feel upset? No. Does it make it easier when you are upset? Yes. So I want to make it very clear that you can be grateful and also feel depressed, heartbroken, sad, devastated. You comparing your situation to somebody else's is not doing anything for anybody. You can acknowledge that somebody is in a worse situation than you are, but that you still feel sad. You can acknowledge that you would like to donate or help or send resources or volunteer and that you're also allowed to feel sad, right? Your success and wealth makes it easier when you are sad to get help. And that privilege is so real and very valid, but it does not negate your ability to feel. You can drown in an ocean and you can drown in a puddle. OK, let me say it again. You can drown in an ocean and you can drown in a puddle. If you broke your arm right now, you would not say, do not call 911. I don't want to go to the hospital because I don't have terminal cancer. And a lot of people say, well, I know I'm depressed and I feel really sad and I, I have really, really negative, scary thoughts. But, you know, people have it way worse, so I'm not going to get help. no if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, you deserve to get help. You can drown in an ocean. You can drown in a puddle. It is true that your broken arm is not worse than terminal cancer, but it is not true that you don't deserve help because you don't have something as bad as somebody else. Okay. We all have our own struggles. We're all going through things. You never know somebody's story. It literally, you cannot take a walk in somebody else's shoes because they will not fucking fit you. It'll be uncomfortable. That is why they say like, Take a walk in my shoes. You know the whole saying? It's because it's uncomfortable. It's because they're not your shoes. It's because you're never going to understand their life's experiences and their lived experience. The best thing we can do is send each other good positive energy and give each other empathy and sympathy and help ourselves and put ourselves first and be intentionally selfish. So I want to say that shit can suck and you can still be grateful at the same time. My senior year Thanksgiving, I was the most depressed I'd really ever felt, but I was also obviously grateful for my health and my family and the ability to sit around them all and have those conversations and be loved by somebody I felt both okay and I think the biggest thing I'm grateful for this year is empathy because I have never ever ever felt empathy like I have felt from my loved ones and the people around me than I have in this year it is really fucking crazy the love and empathy I have felt from people around me and that is what I'm grateful for and I'm obviously grateful for you guys like number one on my list is this this gang right here is you guys the chickens the cats my people like you're number one on my list, but number two is empathy. And I've really valued empathy this year. And I think it's really important that we all not only value empathy, but we also put empathy on a pedestal. We look at empathy as something that we want to grow toward. Empathy is so important. Give empathy, accept empathy. Oh, we all need it right now. OK, but I want you to know that you're allowed to feel grateful and you're allowed to feel like shit at the same fucking time. You are valid. OK, Period. I know some people struggle with going home for the holidays or they struggle with the fact that they're not going home. At the end of the day, you're an adult that comes first. If protecting your peace and setting your boundaries means not going home, they're going to have to deal with it. Guilt comes and it is reserved for us doing something wrong that harms somebody else, right? And it's it's different if they're harmed by you not coming home, but you're not coming home because they've harmed you or because you know it will be harmful to you that you do not feel guilt for that. Okay, baby? We don't. We're setting our boundaries. We're protecting our peace. It. Thanksgiving is just a day. Holidays, I'm rambling right now and I don't even care. Like, holidays are just days. So you can have a holiday that's celebrated and perfect and everything of the sort, or you can literally watch Gossip world and eat sushi, right? A day is just a day. If you can't go home for the holidays on another note, And you're feeling really sad about it. I think you have to remember that a day is just a day. And you can get that celebratory vibe with your family on any other day. And what's important right now on this day is that you do whatever you need to do to feel good. If that's completely fucking ignore it and not think about it at all, great. Order your sushi, watch your gossip girl, have your pint of Ben and Jerry's. If that's FaceTiming your family and making a Friendsgiving with your friends, then you do that. You need to do, all of you need to be intentionally selfish and selfishly intentional All of you need to protect your peace and set your boundaries and do what's going to work most for you. And I know as unselfish individuals, as people that don't see themselves as selfish, this is tough, but I need you to put yourself first. If you are going home and you know it's going to be tough, I have some mitigative tactics for you. Definitely have like an escape route. And I don't mean a physical one. I mean, an emotional and mental one. Is there a place in your home or in your space where you can go to feel calm? Is there a five-minute YouTube meditation that you have pinned on your safari so that you can sneak away to the bathroom and do that if you're feeling like you need a break? Can you just take a step outside and walk around your block? Do you think that exercising in the morning is going to help you to mitigate some of that stress? Do you have three or four friends, people on lock in your life who you can call and text when you just need to vent? Do you have the ability, the mental ability to take a break from all of this? Will you carve out that time for yourself? You need to do those things. You need to put those plans in place now so you have them so then when you're going through it or when someone says something or when you're bothered or when you need that break, you are already ready to go. We don't even let it escalate to the point where we're like breaking down because we are building ourselves back up in the process. That I think is super duper important. Just having those mitigative tactics, having those things that you know are going to help you almost like a get out of jail free card right when you start feeling those bad feelings creep up also when someone asks you those questions like oh have you gained weight oh you look like you've lost weight oh why are you eating seconds oh why are you having thirds i literally want you to look at that person and say it back to them oh really aunt laura you think i've gained weight why have you gained weight have you gained weight oh aunt laura you asked me why i'm single why are you married oh what am i going to do with the career in arts what are you doing right like what are you doing as a tennis coach why did you want that career like Throw the uncomfortable questions back to them. They're going to realize how uncomfortable they were. Or you can simply say, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Thanks for asking. I don't really want to talk about that right now. Set the precedent that you're you're in control of this, right? It might not feel like it. You're not con- tr- in control of their actions. You're not in control of what Aunt Laura says, of her batshit weird comments. You're not in control of Uncle John. But we're in control of how we react to those comments. We're in control of how we feel about ourselves, regardless of how they make us feel. All that shit is a projection, right? And we're getting to a point where we as a generation are so much better about being fucking mindful. But the older generation, let's just throw that out there. They might not be, okay? So if if they're asking you why you're eating seconds, ask them why they're not. If they ask you, did you gain weight? Ask them if they did. Throw it back at them or simply say, I don't want to talk about this right now. And in general, in terms of relatives, like obviously you're going to come in contact with a lot of people. I'm sure there are relatives you don't like that you don't want to see maybe, right? There's gonna be relatives with different political opinions. I really think in that case, you have to decide how you'd like to approach it. Sometimes it is not worth arguing with insanity. It's not worth arguing with people who simply are arguing, argue, and they don't actually want to have an interesting and an invigorating discourse in which they are willing to learn. If people are not open and willing to learn, I do not think that you have to go put yourself into the room of fire, right? That's not your job. It's not your job to explain your identity to someone to explain why you deserve rights. Okay? that's a lot. That's fucking taxing. So set your boundaries. Rehearse your I don't want to speak about that. Let's change the subject. I'm not comfortable talking about that, but If you would like to approach those conversations to try to have a discourse, to try to sway someone's opinion, just make sure that you are staying calm and you're in an okay mental headspace, okay? Because you come first, and we're not gonna get anywhere if you're not feeling too hot. For me, When I know that I'm going to be coming up against relatives that are going to want to have a conversation about, let's say, Roe v. Wade, I'm going to know my research and know my facts. I'm going to rehearse through the kinds of things that I would like to say. I'm going to be calm and I'm going to take deep breaths and I'm going to take the breaks when I need them. And I'm going to remind myself that at the end of the day, I know what's right. I know what I stand for and I will fight for that. Right. And you know what? Have I been accused of ruining a family holiday? Like probably for arguing with a distant relative about something. Sure. Nowadays, though. If I know I'm going to come in contact with that distant relative who I know has like an opinion or belief that's literally contrasting to mine that also is literally unable to be swayed, like they're they're so fucking stubborn, I simply would just not even go there with them because it's not worth it to me. It's not it's not something I'd like to do. Like, you know what? Uncle Uncle Sal, who's 79 years old, who doesn't think that women deserve rights. Like, I, I can't go there. I can't go there with Uncle Sal. OK, hypothetical Uncle Sal. But you guys know what I mean. I think you have to decide how you'd like to approach it. Either one is okay. I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that a lot of times when people do have Republican or right-leaning family members and they are liberal, that is very difficult. I think you have to protect your peace. Some people decide to cut off ties with their family members, and that's valid. Some people decide it would be much easier to reason with them and have have discourse with them, and that's valid, okay? You decide what helps for you, what's going to make sense, what's going to make you feel good. You know what's right. You know what's true. And approach it like that. And always, you can always say, I don't want to talk about this right now. Period. And I will be sharing resources on Instagram throughout the holidays to help with this a little bit more. But that's kind of my take on it. I just want you guys to take care of yourselves. Like, listen, like think about this. If you get put in an uncomfortable position throughout this week and you're not feeling too hot, just think if Eli was here, she would bitch them the fuck out for me. I would. Have that hypothetical in your mind of me coming up and being like, Uncle John, screw you. She looks great. She didn't gain weight. And even if she did, who the fuck cares? Weight gain isn't bad. You're fat phobic, Uncle John. That's what I would say. So go take your fat phobic self, Uncle John, and go out there and drink your Coors Light. We don't want you in here. It's a fucking safe space. Mic drop. Maybe I wouldn't say that to him, but it would be along those lines. So play that around in your head when Uncle John's being rude. I'm targeting Uncle John today. And Aunt Laura. Did I call her Laura? I'm just picking aunts and uncles that I don't have. Because I don't want, like, my lovely, gorgeous, never-before-seen, stunning, beautiful Aunt Sandy to listen to this and be like, is she subtweeting me? No, queen. Keep slaying. Keep slaying. Are you guys liking this? I think we're having fun. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about comparison because I think social media can get so toxic throughout the holidays, and there's many reasons. People are looking at other people's lives, other people's highlight reels, for lack of a better phrase, and thinking... God I wish I had that God ours our food spread doesn't look like that God my family doesn't look to be having that much fun my family isn't that close I don't have a dad my mom passed away I miss my siblings I don't have a relationship with them and all of these other people seem to have all these things I want I don't look like that I don't have that outfit I'm not giving that gift literally throw away your phone delete Instagram if you have to and that's coming from a goddamn fucking influencer like I my story views pay my bills and I'm like don't watch it if you know. God, it would make me feel really sad today to watch all these stories when I have this grief in my life or this loss or I'm going through a breakup. So frankly, I don't want to watch that cute couple. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Protect Your Fucking Pieces is all about boundaries and whether or not car sex is legal. That's what this is about. That's what's important to me. I want you to take care of yourselves. Don't look at Instagram. Put it away on Thanksgiving. Spend time being present because guess what? Maybe your spread doesn't look like somebody else's, but you have things that they don't have to, right? People are going to show a highlight reel. I try my best not to. I try my best to to show everything, but people love to watch my holidays, my family holidays. And I'm so glad if I get to invite you into that joy or if it makes you feel good to watch that joy. You are a part of that, right? We are welcoming you in. I am embracing that. I'm welcoming you to my table, my metaphorical table, right? If you don't have somewhere to be, if you're feeling lonely or lost, you are a part of my family, my family with me, you're sitting at my hypothetical table and I love you. And if watching my content makes you feel good, I want to encourage you to do it. Whatever content makes you feel good, you should watch. If it doesn't make you feel good, don't watch it. And I know it's hard and we almost intentionally like to make ourselves feel sad. And I definitely think there's value to that, right? When you're having a shit day and you watch a fucking sad movie and you sob, the cathartic release of having a headache from crying so hard. Like, listen, bitch, I've been there. I've been dispresso so, right? Nespresso, Dispresso- I don't really know where I was going with that but like I've been there but not every day and let's not do it this week let's try our best okay don't watch things that make you feel like shit all right and I think the holidays are definitely also a time of loneliness and breakups and sadness and grief and I want to let you guys know that Loneliness exists, right? It is a very valid feeling. We have to give our negative emotions a microphone as much as we have to give our positive ones a microphone. Because if there are voices in your head saying, you don't deserve anything, you don't deserve him, you're sad forever, you're never going to find love again, and then there's another voice in your head saying, well, that's not true, you need to have hope, you're going to find love again, if you stifle the negative voice, it's going to scream louder and louder. Give it the mic, let it say everything it wants to say, it's going to run out of breath. The positive one doesn't run out of breath, they keep going, they have stamina, you're going to end up feeling better okay but I just want to remind you that being lonely and lost just means there's an opportunity for you to find yourself somewhere beautiful if you're lost you get to stumble upon that little coffee shop you're going to stumble upon that place where you ask for directions where you end up meeting the love of your life right it is an opportunity and being feeling broken it does not mean that you are like less of a person it doesn't mean that you're half whole or you have a missing piece it means you're searching to become whole and that is a beautiful thing searching longing finding we don't want to get to our final destination i'm not ready to be at the finish line i'm on a journey here and so are you okay i want you to try to focus on the love you have not the love you perceive yourself to lack and i want you to do whatever you need to do to feel good to remember that person to to hold value in their memories to make new traditions or to explore old ones okay and take care of yourself listen there is somebody in my life that i lost um my aunt i've I've told you guys about her. We lost her very tragically to a mental health battle. Um, it it gets no easier. And around the holidays, it gets a whole heck of a lot harder to understand and deal with those emotions, right? And I'm not gonna talk too much about it because I'm feeling good right now and I don't personally feel like getting into it. And that's my boundary and that's on boundaries. But what I wanna say is that we find ways to honor her life around these holidays when when it's tough, when it fucking hurts. And I, 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 I wanna live in her memory this week and that's what I'm gonna try to do. And it's gonna be sad and there are gonna be tears and there's gonna be laughs and there's gonna be all of it. And the range of human emotion is so beautiful and so epic. And I think we need to feel grateful that our heart has the ability and the capacity to feel all these emotions the good the bad the ugly it is a beautiful thing to feel like wow what a gift and I'm thinking of you if you're not feeling so good right now okay we're coming up the pipe but I want to talk about being single at the holidays a little bit in the same vein I think that we're getting there like as a generation that we've realized like being single is not inferior to being in a relationship because we no longer really see women as people who only can aspire to partnership. We used to see women as beings that could only aspire to partnership. But we're getting to this cool place where it's like being single as a sleigh. There are people that never want to get married, that never want to have kids. There are people that have life partners that have live with their best friends their whole life. There are people that are pursuing other things that are more important to them. And if you're married and you're 21, baby on the way, fuck. Yeah, if that's your joy. I do not yuck your yum. But listen, not mine. I don't want to be engaged. If I got proposed to right now, I'd say no. Do I love my partner to death? Do I want to be engaged right now? No. We're all on our own timelines. We're all on our own paths. Being single is not inferior to being in a relationship. Okay. so when Aunt Laura makes you feel like fucking shit, this is what you're going to say. Either say, why are you married, Aunt Laura? Or why are you divorced, Aunt Laura? Like if she says, why are you single? Like, oh, you're still single. Oh, don't worry. You'll find someone soon. I'm not worried. I'm not looking like if I wanted to date somebody I could thanks Aunt Laura but here's the thing this is what you're gonna say I'm so happy being single right now and I don't feel lacking in any way in my life I've been focusing on my career and I simply don't have the time and energy to devote to someone else period period mic drop that's what I would say to Aunt Laura she came at you I'm just giving you guys the toolbox to succeed on Thanksgiving okay and here's the thing you know the truth about yourself You know, you're thriving. You know, you're happy. You know that you don't need a partner to make you valid. You know that you are 100% fucking complete person without anybody else that you were born that way, that you are perfect. You know, you're thriving. Don't let somebody else's projection, especially Aunt Laura and her kitten heels, make you feel otherwise lower, lesser than, bad about yourself, negative, stupid, because they're threatened by your fucking independence and you're slaying the house boots down Houston. Houston, we have an issue. Aunt Laura is being a bitch. We don't call other women bitches, but if Aunt Laura is giving you a hard time, like, listen, she's in the doghouse. And what's a female dog? A bitch. Thank you. End of story. Bye-bye. I'm kidding. I'm sure Aunt Laura's nice. In, in my hypothetical world, actually, Aunt Laura and Uncle John, they're not good people. They're not good people, right? They're not. And we don't have time. We're setting our boundaries, protecting our peace, okay? We are. All right, switching gears real quick. Let's talk about the food of it all. Thanksgiving, food. It's tough for us girls out here who have had battles with eating problems. But I want to tell you a couple things. Number one, one day of eating cannot make your body look physically different. I spent years of my life believing that eating one meal could make myself look physically different. That is body dysmorphia. That is something I have worked through in a lot of therapy a lot of therapy. I used to weigh myself every day. I don't do that anymore. I'm out of the scale jail. It is fucking insane to let a number dictate how I feel about myself and how I decide to pursue making memories and enjoying my family. I don't have that much time to enjoy my family. I don't get to see them that much. I am going to go out at full force. I'm not weighing myself. I'm protecting my peace. I'm counting memories, not calories. I'm protecting my peace. I do not have to earn my food. I have to earn my workouts by eating. By eating fucking good food. I don't skip breakfast on Thanksgiving. We don't skip breakfast. Ina Garten, she wouldn't want you to do that. She wouldn't. And who is the bee's knees? Who's the tits? Ina Garten. Live like Ina. Live like Ina on Thanksgiving, okay? And listen, I know how hard it is. I've been there. I have been there. I have skipped a full Thanksgiving dinner because I didn't want to eat, because I didn't like how I looked, okay? I have I have been through the whole gamut of it. I see you. I know how hard it is. But just tell yourself in your brain, I can do this. Count memories, not calories. I do not earn my food. I do not feel guilty for enjoying and honoring my life. I will not look different for enjoying my pie and being present with my family. That's what I. That's my wish for you. And if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, but you're still listening to this episode, and you're going to eat your sushi, eat your fucking damn sushi. Order the ice cream, hot fudge. Load it up. Load it up. Okay. Load it up. Okay. A couple of quick rapid fire questions. How do you handle a significant other coming over on Thanksgiving? I think the number one rule of thumb for significant others and holidays is brief your partner on what they're getting themselves into and every family member they're going to meet. Is your mom sarcastic? What does your brother like to talk about? Bada bing, bada boom, right? Let them have their independence a little bit to, to talk to your family, to schmooze with them. Like, don't be a helicopter girlfriend or a helicopter boyfriend or a helicopter partner. Just Be chill they're gonna your family's gonna love them because you love them assume the best not the worst It's the universe's job to confirm their assumption don't show up anywhere empty-handed you guys know the drill and it's gonna be great it's gonna be great people also want to know how can you show someone that you're thankful of them for them of them of their place in your life I think it's really important to show people that you're thankful in whatever way they need love or they like to receive love so if somebody's a words of affirmation girly I'm thankful for you is a way that they're really, really gonna like to hear your gratitude. Somebody's a gifts girly, you bring them a gift. This is for you because I'm so thankful for you, right? If somebody like is an acts of service girly, you're gonna make them a breakfast and say this is because I'm really thankful for you. Give them love in the way they need it, and it's so okay to ask someone, hey, how can I be giving you love? How would you like to receive love from me? Perfect. Don't stress yourself out. Let it come to you. Okay, how do I dress on Thanksgiving? Like, like chic, casual, like a comfortable pair of leather pants and a sweater, like a full face of makeup because I just like to do my makeup and I'll have to tell a story for TikTok. Um, But at the end of the day, like literally a sweatshirt and jeans, a sweater and boots, like very chill. I don't like the fanfare of it all um, in terms of dressing. So I'm like, why are we getting like I'm making so many fire points in this episode, but why are we getting all dressed up to walk down our stairs and sit at our kitchen table with fucking people who have seen us when we were in diapers? Why are we doing it? Why? No, I need to know. And if you want to dress up, I don't yuck your yum. Dress up. Dress to the nines. Literally, go for it. I just, it doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me, logistically. So, that's how I dress. And last, but certainly not least, my favorite side dish of Thanksgiving Listen to the cutest thing ever. So I call my dad. I'm like, "Hey, dad, just want to let you know, like my gluten allergy got really bad. I'm not doing so well. I'm waiting to get into the GI, but for now, we're going full like balls to the wall gluten free. The shit can't touch other shit. We're gonna need gluten free shit at Thanksgiving." He goes, "You'll be fine. There's plenty of stuff." I go, "What is there?" He goes, "Green beans, mashed potatoes." I'm like, "Can we try a little harder?" So I'm venting about this to my boyfriend's mom. She buys me a gluten free box of mac and cheese. Says, "Bring it home. Make it on Thanksgiving." how fucking cute. So I'm going to make my gluten-free mac and cheese. I'm gonna have that. Uh, I do like string beans. I really do. I like the ones with almond slivers. I like a Brussels sprout. I love a side salad. Um, I would say it really ends there for me. I don't, I don't like stuffing because it's, an, I can't have it. I don't, I like cranberry sauce. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. If it's, if it's in your bandwidth to watch my content, you're going to see. We're going to fuck with it. We're going to vibe with it. But this was fun. Guys, I had the best time. I literally said to my boyfriend, like, okay, we're leaving for Sephora at 250. It's 237. I'm in a bathrobe. No makeup. Not ready. Not dressed. I got to finish this podcast. Download it. Upload it. Do it. Post about it. Surprise, you guys. Surprise. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope there were no chickens harmed in the making of your Thanksgiving. No hens harmed. And did you guys know, fun fact of the day, cats can... Not, oh my God. I'm listening to too much Taylor Swift. Not cats. Cows. Cows can only be females. Isn't that so cunt? Like, there will never be a male cow. There will never, ever be a male. This is is what I want to leave you with. Car sex. It's a go. Fuck Aunt Laura. Fuck Uncle John. Figuratively. Live like Ina. And cows are women. Bless you. Bless your soul. Bless your heart. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you need something, DM me, bump me. I love you so much. I am sending you the biggest virtual hug. And remember, if you're having a bad moment, just ask yourself. Tell yourself, if Eli was here, she would fuck shit up for me. And that's all. I'm so grateful for you. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving.